a Highline podcast. No normal people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your older host, Dixie Lee Henning. And this is my older host. My older host? You're older than me. It works both by like age of the host and then also when when we were born. Yeah, because you had a birthday just Because I'm older than I was the last time I talked to anybody. We are the Hennings and we are the hosts of No Normal People. And this is a podcast where we prove... That the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are. And this. No, finish it. Is Nightline. What? Are you? No normal people in No your normal life. people. Yeah. And this is Nightline. And this. Hello, everyone. My name is Leslie Monster. And this, this is, is Nightline. Nightline. Um, I don't know. Do you think we have to pay NBC for quoting that? Why, Stephen? We would owe them I so much to, money for good I place quotes the, in the office. I would office owe them and, so much yeah. money. Just from everyday living. This is very true. You can't put a thing on words. Can't keep me chained down. Nah. Nah. Nah, B. Did you hear that uh, Disney is apparently trying to buy the rights to the Norse gods? What? Yeah. Like so they like wanna, Loki oh, they and Thor own and the Odin. Mythology? Yeah. Yeah. They the wanna, mythology of Norse. They want to Norse. own the names. They want to own the names Loki and Thor and Odin and meow and there. You know, well, of course they want to do that. that yeah, a bunch of people are losing their crap that, on that. That feels that. <laughs> I, if I'm honest, that feels like a rainbow bridge too far. That's funny because of rainbow bridges. Ayo, and also homosexuals. Fun. Yes, because of Loki. That too. Apparently, just finished Pride Month. Yeah, Go, every month is Pride Month. You amazing bisexual woman who is now 29 month, years old because you just every celebrated month your is Pride Month. Whoa. Your entire life, your birthday has been the... Yeah, Pride Month. The conclusion of Pride the Month. The apex of Pride like Month. Like the big party of Pride yeah. Month has been your birthday. It, it was foretold in the stars. Yes, and in the rainbows. <laughs> Literally. Hey, Literally in the stars. Back at it again. cancer season. With the rainbow. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again the- with the white cancer. Wait. Whoa. <laughs> You don't have cancer. You do have a goofy. Steven, I am a cancer. This is zodiac signs. Oh, Get with the program. You're talking about the very Capricorn. sad disease. No. Um, you don't have that. You do have a weird. Your bone is blowing bubbles. Yeah. In your um, hand. I have. So I think I have mentioned this. <laughs> I guess maybe medical warning. If yeah. you don't want to hear about T-W. it, skip forward. Let's let's give it two minutes, Dixie. T- skip no, forward two, two minutes. Go. Two Describe minutes. It. I have Go. to talk about it for two minutes. <laughs> Well, or shorter, but oh I'm just God. telling people okay, that they can skip forward. Okay, but what if they forward. miss very important information in the two minutes that you tell them to skip? What if this only takes five seconds for me to tell? Well, at this point, they have already skipped all this, so please <laughs> describe your medical condition and we can move okay, on. Okay, so once upon a time, many moons ago, I hurt my hand. I don't know how I hurt my hand. I just woke up one day and I was in the car with my mom and I was like, ow, my hand kind of hurts. Ouchie. So I went to the doctor and they were like, hey, nothing's wrong. 
you're crazy. And I was like, something's definitely wrong. So I kept going back to the doctor for months and months and months. As you do. Um, and uh, for a good long while, uh, for I mean, maybe like a week or two, like my hand was so stiff I couldn't open or close it very well, um, which was great because it was also like right around the time when we had like all of our family in town. Um, and it got to the point where it was just hurting so, so bad. So I went back to the doctor and they're like, hey, uh, we did an x-ray and there's nothing in here. So I uh, don't know what your deal is. But if you want to go to like an orthopedic doctor, we can do that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went to the orthopedic doctor. See, okay, maybe it will take two minutes. Went to the yeah. orthopedic doctor and they're like, okay, there's definitely a bump, but there's nothing on x-ray or anything like that. So we did the very expensive test, which is the MRI. The MRI scan. Yep. Got that back uh, about a week ago. On my birthday, actually. Got that back on my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. And it turns out I have a cyst in the... I think it's the third like, metacarpal. Yeah, in the knuckle bone. No, it, it's literally like on my ring finger knuckle on my right hand, which I am right-handed, so that's cool. And the procedure that they're going to have to do essentially is cut out part of my bone, scrape out the cyst that is inside of my bone, Big yuck. and then replace the Big bone that energy. they cut off. Right. With like a donor bone. Bone graft. And like fill the, the hole where the cyst was. Pretty intense. Um, so the way I, I it's imagine it's not a very it, long surgery. It's only like an hour. But Oh, the doctor I'm said it gonna, was like forty minutes. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to use my hand for six to ten weeks, yeah. which is super great for right handed people. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Unwrap your yeah. hand and start using your hand again. In October. Welcome yeah. back to normality. Um, I imagine you know that scene in Peter Pan. Is this going to be like Listen, real gross? No. Because I can't. Okay. Peter I am, Pan. I imagine that scene in Peter Pan where Misha Shmee, Mr. Shmee. puts the thermometer in uh, Captain Hook's mouth. Yeah. And you know, he's like, he, and then he puts his feet in hot water and mm -hmm. puts the hot water bottle on him. And the and the thermometer it just like, like sticks out of his face. Well, no, it like blows up. Remember? Oh, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the ball at the end just like grows and grows and then explodes mm -hmm. in his face. That's yeah, how I Steven, imagine. I asked you specifically not to make it gross, and then you did. Is that not gross? But that is exactly that's what's, uh, happening. what's happening. You should see the MRI. Because it's not getting smaller either. Right. So don't look up uh, third, third metacarpal bone cyst fractures. Well, why would you tell people Google? not to do because that? Because there's some people that are like, yeah, let me look that up. Yeah. Like me. And then regret it. It's but then there's if, some people that are like, yeah. It's as if I just invited our entire audience to definitely not think about pink elephants. Why would you do this? This is what I'm saying. Why would you even... Whatever. It's fine. You know, it's also weird and kind of funny, but also... um, I'm just thinking about the story Katie told us about the script she wrote about a gum monster. <sighs> you just think about gum monsters all the time now? No, I... I kind of do now. It's a very sticky To be honest, I forgot concept. about the gum monster, uh -huh. monster thing, um, but I did remember the cat meat thing. The cat meat. Yeah, that's Which, a good tease. Okay, so this is episode we 60. We are 60? back from a no. short no. summer 60. break. Episode 6D. Yes. Um, we are back from a short summer break. We are still selling delicious coffee. Delicious bean Seeing water. Seeing orders continue to roll in. We're very proud like of this. Do you like beans? Do you like water? You've got to figure Do it out. You, you like were a barista for multiple years. 
You have to have a better way of selling this. Do you have... No. This is the only way to sell it. Because the people that want it, they know. They know already. And they're like, we know where to get the bean water. Right. On the Highline Network. If they're not going to drink the coffee, then I'm just going to make it fun for them to listen to. Spicy bean water. Spicy bean water. You're welcome. Fair enough. We're doing it. Put a little chili in there. We're back. Put a little cocoa. We're coming back strong into these summer months with... Our friend Katie Falcongrove. Katie, we had her husband on the show. Yep, many moons have passed since then. My good friend Um, Alex. (laughs) Alex, um, and he's cool. I mean, he's all right. This is Katie's episode. Talk about her now. But this is about Katie. Yes. Uh, Katie likes uh, improv, comedy, sketch comedy. Sorry, sketch. I bet she does some improv. I bet she She has some improv energy. Listen to the episode. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Um, so her but, and Alex live in the Denver area. She works at um like within the public schools as a speech therapist. Which is dope. Working with all sorts of students, helping them overcome speech impediments in their formative years before some of those things become like permanent neural pathways. Yeah. So cool. Learned she has a speech impediment. That she has learned to work through and now she leverages that experience. Didn't even know until she said that she had one. It's so cool. And even then I was like, okay, but do it. Yeah, (laughs) it's so cool. She is a brilliant comedic mind. Um, She mentions in the episode that she is going on an audition for the local sketch team. Yeah. Which she did. She did the audition and she got in. She told me on Voxer. We told her to do the cat meat cat monologue meat model cat meatologue. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what it's called. That's now. good. Um, let's see what else. Katie does uh vlogging on YouTube. If yeah, you didn't she does. Know that she hands down is my favorite Twitter follow ever. She's if I could funny. only follow one person, it I'd would follow be at Katie's tweetings. See, that's funny because I'd follow Jesus because I'm a Christian. Wow. She is also <laughs> at Katie's Insties on Instagram. That's funny. Come on now. That's and good because she, of the, it's a different it's a different platform. A multifaceted talent Katie is. She is the voice of Highline. Yeah, she is. That's at the beginning She's and end. She's the, the sexy voiceover that's like Highline. Yes. Highline Network. The sultry Katie voice, <laughs> we called it in our revisions yep. of that. <laughs> we got, so we got Katie on every Highline podcast ever. And she's the co-host of the newest addition to the Highline Network, the Into Into Podcast. She's probably the best part of that podcast, if I'm being honest. (sighs) To be fair, I've only met... delightful. Actually, I've never met any of them. No, you haven't. (laughs) Well, you kind of have met her because we spent two hours making a podcast Okay, but like, I haven't met her in my meat body. We will make this happen, I think. I've only met her in my my space body. Before the calendar... Calendar year. <laughs> Before the calendar year closes, my dear, I we will want partake in her presence to give the Falcon Grove eat a hug. some. That's what I want cat to do. Meat. Nope. Uh, She's allergic. Remember? So- <laughs> I forgot. That's how that came up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, so many good things ahead anyway. in this podcast. You will absolutely love it. So please enjoy our friend Katie. Oh, we should also quickly mention that we are back for our patrons, back with bonus material. We've neglected you for six months, and we're so sorry, but check your Patreon yeah, feeds. This is, this is a shout-out. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Cat me. Okay. Hey, hey, are you ready? 
I guess so. Okay, we'll do this together. (laughs) (laughs) Homebody or free spirit? Homebody. Spender or saver? Hmm, probably a saver. Do you call it soda or pop? I was thinking about this today, and I am genuinely not sure. I think I switch back and forth. <laughs> do uh, do you prefer books or movies? Oh, uh, I love both, but if I had to choose, I'd say movie. Yeah, it's the only right answer. Anyway, uh, wow. <laughs> introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Carpet or hardwood? Hardwood. Handshakes or hugs? I uh, uh, hugs. Beaches or mountains? Oh, gosh, this is rapid fire. And I'm like, let me think about it. I (laughs) guess beaches feel exciting, but mountains are like sacred. Sure. So I guess I'll say mountains. I love the way you said that. Of course you did. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Animation or live action? Um, Live action. And libraries or museums? Museums. Nice. You did it. That's pretty good. I did it. I didn't think too hard. It's the highest stress section of the show. I never think too for hard. Honestly. You did it. <laughs> now for ice this is icebreakers. Yep, icebreakers. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Oh, I was okay, I was also thinking about this because I realized that every fashion trend I've ever participated in even if it's like I can look back and know that it's terrible, I still kind of love it. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to choose one because I feel like I had to choose something that I like hate. But I decided to go with cargo pants. Oh, and I, yes. I wore cargo shorts. I would buy men's cargo shorts and cargo pants and women's ones. And I honestly, I would totally still wear them today. And I like them on other people, men and women. I like Cargo pants, and I know that that's terrible. Yeah, so it is. With cargo pants. I, uh, I, I, wow. I joke about our neighbor being a lesbian because that's all she wears. Um, oh, it's yes. fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like, I want to walk out of my house and my neighbors be like, look at our it's like, neighbor I know wearing she's cargo married. pants. I know she's yeah. married to a man, but she's a lesbian. Is it, <laughs> she's got to be a lesbian. Is there is there a <laughs> thing about the, the pockets for you? There's pockets. They're practical. They're sexy. Okay. Cargo pants. Sexy pockets. I hope Alex is taking notes. They're so deep. I told him he won't. He won't do it. He's like, I'll not do that for you. Steven, you're like, cargo pants are my king. Yeah. (laughs) Steven, you don't understand the trauma that is not having pockets. I don't. That's probably why. That's why, I that's just, why like, women pockets. get so excited when we have I, pockets and literally anything. I'm a big fan of like the fist size pockets, the four fist size pockets I have four? on my jeans. Oh, I was so- two on the button, two on the hip. <sighs> you get it. No, I don't. But if I was wearing cargo <laughs> pants, I'd have pockets like on my knees. Yeah. And like, oh, oh. I thought I was watching. I was watching a TikTok (laughs) earlier, dude. I love cargo pants. I was watching a TikTok earlier, and this guy was shoving like a pole into one of his cargo pants pockets. Wow! And somebody was like, "Cargo pants of holding, cargo pants of holding." Or D and D. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Next Next question. Nice. (laughs) What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, you know what? I really. 
I have an answer, but I really don't have, I think I don't have pet peeves. I think I'm like, no, that's not true. I know I came up with one the other day that I was like, this is my pet peeve. And now I don't remember it, but I know what my answer will be. Because for a sketch, I had to write about a pet peeve. And the pet peeve that I wrote about for my sketch is uh, like people who put themselves into situations and then complain about it. And it's Uh. like very easy to get out of them, you know, where it's like. God, I, I wish I, I wish I didn't have it was to, like too close to home. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to tithe. Uh, at right. Church. It's like, then it's don't. Like, then yeah. don't freaking like, tithe, don't. you idiot. Yeah, and you don't have to talk about it. You know, like you can even lie. I mean, you can even lie about it. Just don't do it if you don't want to do it. Just don't complain about this thing that you're choosing to do that is so easy to not. Yeah, I don't like that. It's like I hate it when I have to donate blood. Yeah. Yeah. Then you don't. don't have to donate. Blood, I've exactly. gone. I've gone almost twenty nine years without donating blood. It's possible. <laughs> yes, exactly. You don't have to do stuff that you. I should donate. Don't blood. want to do. Kind right. Of. So good. I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. But <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay. But then you're allowed to complain about it. Like if you have to do something and you don't want to do it, but you're like, no, I have to. Then right, like taxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can complain about taxes. Everyone does. Just don't complain about going to a party that you didn't have to go to (laughs) while you're at the party. Complaining about taxes is like an American tradition. Oh, yeah. You're not American until you complain about taxes. It's essentially the 4th of July, but for complaining. Yes. Yes. And they're so connected. (laughs) Whoa. 4th of July is going to be my new day to complain about taxes. (laughs) I hate tax day. It's the 4th of July. I know. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Who would you call your best friend? I have a little group of best friends, and we've been best friends since kindergarten. That's and um, yes. it's this girl, Dominique, this girl, Casey, and this boy, Michael. And they are my best friends in the whole wide world. And I have a little tattoo in honor of them. Oh, what's and the tattoo? And it's mountains, and they're all different heights, the heights of my friends. That's so cute. Yeah, oh. I love them. I wish I loved anyone as much as that. <laughs> yeah, I really, oh, I really do. <laughs> wow. Steven didn't really like great. that. So I wish this was a video that. podcast. I'm making so many faces at my wife now. She's surprising me so much. Yep. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> oh, I Next one. I hadn't scrolled down all the way, so I missed some questions. That's fine. It's fine. Um, do you have a favorite failure? Ooh, a favorite failure. We um, we will accept poop stories at this point. Oh man, that'd be good. I guess honestly, I think if I had to think, this isn't exactly a failure, but I think the first time. I really got my heart broken, mm-hmm. like taught me everything I need to know about how I interact with myself and my emotions. Yes. And it radically changed the way that I interact with myself and my emotions uh. and it, for the better. And I like allow myself to process things right more fully and healthily. And I used to be like a major suppressor where I like didn't deal with stuff. And then like I got my I got I was devastated. I got my heart so broken and it was like, all right, I have to deal with this. Like my body and my brain just said, you have no choice. You have to go through this. Mm -hmm. And I feel better for it. And that's not exactly a failure, but that's like a hard thing that I think taught me 
Yeah. That I like really grew from. Do you mind my asking if it was like a breakup? It was a breakup. Yeah. With a boy in high school, probably. Yeah. It was early college. Oh, early college. Yeah. Mine Mm -hmm. was, I was 15. Um, and the the guy that dumped me, um, he used to tell me to make sandwiches and bring them to school, and I didn't see a problem with that when I was fifteen. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it, God, it, it wasn't it wasn't Steven. It was not me. <laughs> but nope. I was like, he's so perfect, and then he dumped me, and then I was like, he was kind of a. D- you're like, what am I going to make yeah. sandwiches for? Yeah. Wait, I, I don't have to do that? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Here's, uh, here's to healthy relationships, wait, am I right? was I your rebound? No, Devin was. <gasps> oh, okay. That feels better. <laughs> Steven, we this, met this when 11 I was year, 17. This 11-year rebound you're on? <laughs> yep. Stuck with him. All right. Oh, my God. The worst. Okay, what are foods that you will never eat? Well, I get to cheat with this answer because I have life-threatening food allergies. So I have a bunch you of and foods Steven. that I'll never eat. Nice. <laughs> what are the allergies? Um, Eggs. What? Nuts. Ouch, ouch. Yeah, eggs, both peanuts and tree nuts. Same. Represent. Sesame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, peas, cantaloupe, lentils. Oh, I wish I was oh allergic my. to peas. I hate peas. They're related to peanuts. They are I, both legumes. Yep. That's it. I'm going to say that I'm aller- that Steven's allergic to peas, so I can't eat them. No, but I'm not. Yeah. Shut up. I You're allergic. Peas. Shut up. You love peas? Yeah, because he's a monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dixie, I'm making stir fry tonight with snap peas. I know. That <gasps> snap peas are different than like, like the little oh, balls. Oh, like canned peas, you mean? Yeah. Hate them. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> So much. Ugh, that's anyway. a lot of allergies, Katie. That is that's an yeah. impressive diet to maintain. Yeah, let's go back to that. Um Yeah. I didn't realize that you were sad all the time. No. <laughs> she can't have eggs or nuts or tree nuts. The peas, it's like whatever. You heard melons too. Also melons, like Yeah, cantaloupe and lentils. And so can I know that there's um like do you use makeup? Uh-huh. This is a weird transition. <laughs> Some like makeup products have like melon in it. Yeah. Well, so, like, God, there's a lot of my allergens that end up in makeup. Friggin' worst. So I have to read on. I read on everything all day long. All I do is read ingredients. I do that. Steven doesn't. So the only reason why he's still alive is because I read stuff. <laughs> well, sounds like it. I don't know how you'd get through the no, day. Here's the thing is I'm only allergic. I'm only like dangerously allergic to peanuts most tree nuts and are cashews middle of the road for me cashews were worse mm-hmm. okay fair enough but at this point in my life i know what i can eat she's yeah. the she's the adventurous one who wants to try new things and she's like well i have to read the package now i'm like but we don't have to get that we can get what i'm used to eating oh. you know well Steven, god i, like being I relate happy. to that i I very much eat the same things over and over and over and over. Yeah. So what do you, do you have like a replacement food for eggs? I mean, there, now that so many people are vegan, there are like decent egg replacements. Right. I mean, I guess I wouldn't know the difference. That's fair. (laughs) But they're fine to me, you know, but I, it's not like I crave eggs because I've never had them. Right. And so if it's more like baking, like if I'm doing a cookie or something or a cake that's going to have eggs. 
I don't use an egg replacer. I use like baking soda and vinegar. Right. And like it's a little volcano. And <laughs> um, you can use like black beans to make brownies without eggs and stuff like right. that. Right. And I've seen stuff with like chickpea water. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of I have never tried that, but I I imagine that would work. I've been told that that's like the closest you can get to an egg it without makes sense. an egg. That texture is crazy. <laughs> mm. Or even um, chia, like the chia gelatin. Yeah, I've made that. Not as like an egg replacement, though. I, I don't know anything. I just eat eggs. I love, <laughs> Katie, I, I love the phrase, I've never had it, so I don't know the difference. I say that all uh-huh. the time about peanut butter. Like, I was, yeah. I was, what was you I like? I was 23, 22 when I first had almond butter. And <gasps> it was beautiful. Literally, I spent like, a majestic. few weeks asking everyone, like, have you had almond butter? How does it compare to peanut butter? Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I had no I idea love to ask people. My favorite thing to do is to ask people what eggs taste like because no <laughs> one can tell you. No one knows. I'm like, what are eggs like? And people are like, um, uh, eggs, a little bit eggs. like eggs. It's like a yeah. like a good tasting potato. I don't know. There's no way of knowing. You, there's no, you do have there's no an impressive uh, Instagram highlight series of you baking different pieces. I enjoyed checking that out recently. Oh, good. Yeah. Good work. I love baking. Me. Bread. So you, so you got to figure out the no egg versions of it. I mean, I'm you into can, it. Yeah, bread's actually pretty easy. Everyone you thinks don't bread has eggs, egg. and most bread doesn't. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Unless it's like a, you know... Like a French bread, like not like a French bread, but like a brioche. That's a very eggy bread. Yeah. True story. There we go. The more I learn. (laughs) Can you tell I don't bake either? This is why Jesus loved bread so much. Bread is life. Bread is is life. Bible. Bread is life. All right. (laughs) What is your favorite smell? I love the smell of rain. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you walk outside and it smells like dirt and concrete um (laughs) i like the smell of gasoline yeah a lot of people Um, do i do too yeah i love that what else do i like i like vanilla i like Mm. you know vanilla e smells yes yeah what is your favorite snack (gasps) goldfish crackers oh i I was like just just Goldfish, obviously, like, she meant like, the crackers. <laughs> what? I was like, I should add cracker <laughs> to that. Yeah, I should, you know, go to my local carnival, win some goldfish, uh, and just pop yeah, them right exactly. in. Exactly, pop yeah, them right in my mouth. I, I go and I win seafood. Uh, Still yeah. wiggling. Goldfish. It's like sushi. And then I just eat them out of the bowls. More dangerous in front of children and <laughs> make them cry. More dangerous than gas food, gas station sushi. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, specifically, I just realized I should clarify. I like baby goldfish. There's a little thing called baby goldfish, and they're just these itty bitty little babies, and I think they taste better. Right, and the scales are a lot easier to manage. Stop. Well, yeah, they're all soft because they're young, (laughs) young little newts. The scales haven't hardened. The bones, so it's a little bit easier to work out of your teeth. Slide them right. (laughs) You don't even have to chew. (laughs) Yeah. No. Think that I don't want to. No this chewing for me. This is the worst conversation I've ever had. <laughs> wow. No, not in like she's had a conversation like eating baby goldfish. 
That's, yeah. Anyway. Can you imagine? You like think you're <laughs> muted and you're like, this is the worst conversation I've ever had. Oh my God, she sucks. <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> Turn the recording off. No, if I thought that, I would just tell you. <laughs> She's very like okay, that. Good. Yeah. Cool. It's a problem. Enneagram 8 energy. <laughs> anyway. Yes. <laughs> have you ever feared for your life? Um, I, I mean, once again, I kind of get to cheat on this one. My mom accidentally poisoned me a couple of years ago with a hazelnut and I had to go to the emergency room. Monster. And it's the first time I had to use my EpiPen because I've been able to avoid it my whole life. And then I was like 21, I bet. Whoa. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. And they, I still didn't use it at my house. I was like at my apartment alone. My roommate wasn't home. And I like ate this candy because my mom always gives me like safe Easter candy. And so it was on 420. It was 420. And Ayo. I was like, I, I know. Well, that's why, because then I missed nice. school the next day and I had to email my professor and I was like, oh my God, they would probably just think I was high. Oh and I no. Was not. Yeah. But I like ate this hazelnut candy and was like, uh oh, spaghetti oh, that's not good. And then I was very panicked and I like couldn't get my Benadryl open. And I was like, <laughs> oh God. I was like, oh man, this is over. And then I like went and sat on my bathroom floor to be like, maybe I can like puke it up. And then I texted my friend Carson and I was like, hey girl, what are you doing? <laughs> and oh she my was God. like, oh, hey, are you busy? She's like, I'm painting my, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm painting my nails. What's going on? And I was like, do you think you could take me to the hospital? And she was like, start with that. Start with that next <laughs> hey, time. Hey, are you busy? <laughs> Don't ask me if I'm if busy. Not, yeah. If not, that's fine. I'll just die on my bathroom me. floor. I know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I did eventually get my Benadryl open. Good job. And it, like, took my throat closing away. But I still had, like, the sharpest pain in my stomach I've ever felt. And so I was like, yeah, I better go to the ER. And they gave me epinephrine. And I had full body tremors it was crazy yeah i've heard it's pretty intense i've never had to use my EpiPen either but i've heard it's intense yeah yeah it was crazy and i hope i never have to do it again <laughs> thanks mom good i know she feels <laughs> bad about it she's gonna listen to this and be like oh, i'm sorry Don't what's, tell wait, that what's, story. what's your mom's name jeanette nice jeanette hey <laughs> parents do the best they can she really does. No, and she pretended to be my whole life. She was done with you, though. She the was like, time. oh, yeah. She's, she's like, I think she's I've getting enough. real sassy. Here, have a hazelnut. Yeah. I started dating Alex, and she was like, oh, oh she thinks she can replace me with a man. Not today, kidding, you Satan. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, love you, Mom. Um, ha- ha- you, Mom. Happy Father's Day. Um, anyway. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Mom. <laughs> what is your favorite fast food? Uh, probably Wendy's chicken nuggets. Correct. I mean, yeah. yes, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an actor. Nice. Yeah. Slash writer slash director. I would make videos and boss my friends around. I was friends with a lot of people like that. True. <laughs> well, we would have been friends and I would have made you come over to my house at six in the morning and memorize your lines. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you want to if you want to see how traumatized I am, uh, you could just YouTube saw the musical. Uh, I'm doing that immediately after this. Yeah, it's a yeah, my friend. She made a musical about saw. Anyway, that's incredible. All right. Well, 
That was the <laughs> rapid fire and the icebreaker. Katie Falcongrove, because your name mm-hmm. is finally changed. Congratulations. Yeah, barely. Just on my social security card. Well, no, halfway that's there. like one of the ones that count the most. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. I'll wait another two years for the next one. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you for being on No Normal People today. Thank you for having me. I, you and I, so obviously we had Alex on last year. What? And um, he and I have been <laughs> reconnecting, getting to know each other after what, like more than 20 years of never talking to each other. <laughs> Which is amazing. It's amazing. It's and pretty it's pretty cute. It's a serious gift to me. Now, one of the best gifts that have come from that rekindled relationship is following you on Twitter. And (laughs) I'm tired of only hearing you on Twitter. So it was time that you came on on the podcast yourself and I got to know you as well. Bring some of that Twitter energy. Yes, the Twitter energy. I just quick (laughs) aside. I think that you embody like the best of what Twitter can be. That's so nice. A lot of people talk about how like Twitter is a toxic place or whatever and Mm -hmm. Um, how it is just like constantly ruining their life. And usually right. my response is like, then you're unfollow the toxic people. You don't, totally. it's like, it's like your pet peeve. It's like, you don't have yes. to be there. <laughs> exactly. You don't, you don't have to follow toxic people. Unless you're Dixie Twitter. and then you do just because it feel, fills your hate fire. Right. Well, I, I, I have a couple of those, but There's, then I don't <laughs> complain about it. The hate follows. But then right. I get blocked by mark driscoll and then it's like well, well now played. who am i gonna follow like but that's, thank you she did it it's a badge of honor <laughs> I, less yeah, than is, 24 hours she's playing the twitter game very well <laughs> that's incredible yeah you just say a lot oh. of really really bad stuff on his posts and it's, it's like immediate and then there you go works yeah. out but if you don't want that you should follow <laughs> katie on twitter because like the blend of i i don't know it's just every time i see one of your tweets I start and I'm like, oh, I can see where this joke is going. And then by the end of it, I have have been like completely slapped across the face with like the double cross. And I had no idea how you were setting up the punchline. Good. It is. It is seriously That's the best. a huge compliment. That's a huge compliment to me. Thank you. It's, it's very, it's very good. You are at Katie's tweetings. That's correct. And it's very solid. Okay. Well, now that the, uh, the accolades are out of the way. I should also mention that you are the voice of Highline that shows up at the beginning <laughs> and end of every podcast episode now. Can um, you believe it? So thank you for this. Um, <laughs> another one of those things that has come from me and Alex spending more time together. But enough about me and Alex. Uh, let's get to know you. I want to hear about where you grew up and what your family was like growing up. Sure. I grew up in Brighton, Colorado. I'm an only child. The thing about that that maybe makes it more interesting is that my mom was 40, almost 41 when she had me, and my dad was 45. Good work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and no one has, like, they don't have any other children. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have any step or half siblings or anything like that. So it's just me. Yeah, it took them a long time and they thought they weren't going to have a baby and then they did. They like tried for a long time and then gave up. Mm -hmm. And then my mom had these magical dreams where she says that 
God spoke to her and someone was repeatedly putting a baby in her arms and the baby always had different colored hair. And then all of a sudden she found out she was pregnant. So and then 21 cool. years later, Jeanette was like, I'm done with this one. With yeah, the I'm gonna give hazelnut. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> Let's try again. That's exactly right. With yeah. the callbacks. My well mom done. is convinced. <laughs> my mom is convinced that she gave me allergies because she said her whole pregnancy, all she did was drink egg white shakes and eat nuts. And she's like, that's why you're allergic to those things. Yeah. That's all I ate. Yeah, Jeanette, obviously. <laughs> Hmm. yeah hello come on whatever you're craving that's what your baby's gonna be allergic oh, to is god the, the, the lesson i guess i'm so glad i'm not allergic to tacos <laughs> that would have been traumatizing nice <laughs> i guess that was only about my mom and nothing about me really i just realized um <laughs> also i was like yeah that's my childhood being born right <laughs> i was born um, once i was born once uh, yeah, but I grew up in Brighton. Just me and my parents. We had two little dogs. Um, I went to a uh, Christian school, kindergarten through eighth grade. And that's where I met my besties. And then I went to public high school. And that was like a scary transition to go from like small little Christian school to like big bad high school. Because, like, my friends that I knew that went to the public middle schools, they were, like, you know, drinking drugs. Uh, and, um, smoking the beer. <laughs> yes. They were smoking the beers. And I was, like, oh, God. One of the most embarrassing things I ever did was, like, as a sixth grader, I found out that my friend who went to public school had smoked weed. So I, <laughs> so I made her watch The Basketball Diaries. No. And if you haven't seen wow. that movie. That's, that's a movie about heroin. So I was a stupid person. I was a child. I was a child. But that's like by far something I, that's like one of my most embarrassing things I've ever done looking back. I'm I'm embarrassed. Was, oh yeah. Was the calculus there something like, like scared straight? Like you were trying to get your friend to be like, oh, I am going down a path. I should. Yes. I need to save them. Yes, I would it's never really do intense. that now. I'm so embarrassed that I did anything like that. But I'm sure I have a bunch of other things that I did that <laughs> are like that that I blocked out. So that's just the only one I remember doing. But yeah, that's so freaking embarrassing. So that tells you a little something about me. Yeah, <laughs> I have the occasional moments that crop up. Like even like last week, I was trying to fall asleep and my brain was like, hey, remember this thing from when you were six? Oh, God. <laughs> And I'm yes. like, I'm like, why? Why was this necessary? I didn't want what to think like? about this. Um, I know. I don't experience uh, Absolutely this. miserable. <laughs> yeah. I lay awake and just replay embarrassing moments of like when I've met celebrities and said stupid stuff to them. And that's <gasps> what I tend to play in my mind all night Ooh. over and over. Well, now, now I, I need yeah. one, at least one story. Celebrities um, you've met. I have met... I've met a handful. I've met John Mulaney. Yeah, you have, a se- like my- you have a selfie with him on your Instagram. Yeah. He like gave me, well, now this is sad, but he gave me like wedding advice. Of course he did. Granted, he gave me wedding advice, not marriage advice. And the wedding, my wedding went great and his did as well. So <laughs> he did not give me marriage advice. No, so I, I'm not taking again. it as a bad omen. Go see him again and see if he has divorce advice. I know. Yeah. I'm like, Too hey, sad. John. Too, Too sad. sad. <laughs> 
Aww. Well, he was delightful. I've heard some people meet him and say that he wasn't nice. And I think that those people must not be nice because he was incredibly kind. And I've met Steve-O of Jackass fame. Stop. Twice. Fantastic. Yeah. Nice. You're basically and best friends now. Yeah, two times. Are you kidding? And it was two days in a row because he was in Denver doing shows. Basically BFFs. Basically BFFs. He's also really, really nice. His memoir is one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Mm. You like can't put it down. Really? It's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, Um, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, not surprising. It was very, very interesting and exciting and crazy. Um, What other celebrities have I met? I met, oh, um, (laughs) Johnny Tsunami of Disney Channel fame was my waiter in Boulder once. And that's one of my embarrassing moments that I lay awake because I thought he was joking when he said he was Johnny Tsunami and I like made fun of him. And then um, he was like, no, I'm serious. And then I like profusely apologized and I tipped him very well. I was like, I am so sorry. I thought you were kidding. Because you're an adult, oh, man. Because no. you're an adult now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that one's bad. Like, it's I like, feel bad about you that. You went one. from Disney Channel to Waiting on Me. Yeah. Congrats. So that was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. But, I mean, you did what you could to repair the, <laughs> repair I'm the sure damage. Fine. I'm By sure he end. thinks about By it every end. day, too. Uh, yeah. See, that's, that's the biggest problem with me thinking about the, my embarrassing celebrity moments is there's no way any of those people remember it, and I do. And why do I think a celebrity is being like, man, that dumbass at the airport said that dumb thing to me? Yeah. Ugh. Forgive me if this is a question you get absolutely all the time. Yeah. But how do you think your childhood was different being an only child that way? It sounds like you found your best friend group very early, and I have yeah. to imagine that's kind of like a chosen family is real family vibe you know absolutely my mom and i were just talking about this recently because i was telling her that i was like hanging out with some new friends and i felt this need to kind of like apologize when i said that i was an only child (laughs) because people just understandably there are some nasty only children out there i get it you know but there Mm -hmm. but you know i've grown up hearing a lot of the like oh, so you're like so spoiled and right. blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so I just like feel the need to be like, I'm an only child and like say it like I'm embarrassed. And my mom was like, sad about that. <laughs> She's like, you shouldn't feel sad. And so then we talked about all the like good things. Like I thrived in the pandemic because I entertain myself really well. It's <laughs> very easy for me to be alone. Yeah, I thrive. Yeah. I'm very Being comfortable lonely. by myself. Yeah, I'm very comfortable being by myself. I think that because especially because my parents were so much older than all my friends parents a lot of their friends kids were way older than me Mm -hmm. so I feel like I communicated a little bit better than some of my peers or at least like Mm. learned some type of like how to talk to adults better when I was a child and I feel like I was confident and I feel like I got a lot of attention (laughs) from my parents which was great like but also not too much because I, they really were like, nope, go play, go do your own thing. But then <laughs> nice, also they nice. were like, I was the only kid. So obviously they were like there, there for me. So sometimes I felt jealous and kind of wanted siblings. But now I feel good until I think about my parents dying. 
And then I'm like, ooh, I'm like really going to deal with that alone. And I don't have someone who has the same parents as me. Because like, obviously I'm married, like, and I have Alex's family and I have my friends and my friends love my parents. Like, obviously I, I have an incredible support system for when something like that happens. But it's like, you don't have a sibling to be like, whoa, mom did whatever. Mom's gone. You know, I don't know. So that kind of, God, that's kind of heavy. Sorry, but. Um, that's something that no, that's very real. <laughs> as though. an adult, wow, yeah, as an adult, most of the time I love being an only child, and I'm like, no, it's really cool. I have a good relationship with my parents. I have a good relationship with myself, and I attribute that to being an only child. Mm. And my mom just sent me a list. I haven't read it, but it was like a list of twenty things that are like here are like positive things about having an only child or being an only child. And everything my mom read to me off the list felt really true. And now I can't think of any of them. (laughs) But it was like, I think it was stuff like you make stronger friendships because you don't have siblings. So you tend to like really create a chosen family where you are like, you're my family now. I've like chosen to have you in my life forever. Like there's a little bit of an intensity there, but that's like. I mean, it worked out for me. I've had the same best friends my whole life. Yeah, you have like 20-year best friends and tattoos of them and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Exactly. Absolutely. What kind of things was young Katie entertaining herself with? Um, Similar to adult Katie. Drugs. I wrote <laughs> drinking, drugs. Drinking alcohol, drugs. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mostly just getting drunk by myself. Just getting totally child. blazed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So same as no. Um, no. <laughs> I uh, I um I <laughs> I wrote lots of stuff. Like I would write stories and I would, you know, write movies and I would make lots of videos. I like had a camcorder and I would just like make videos of myself. Which I do that now too. Still and, do it. Yes. Um, yeah, still do it. And I would just like play pretend by myself for hours and hours and hours. Like I, there used to be a ring in the backyard where you could see that I had been running in circles pretending. My favorite thing to pretend to be was like this this greyhound named Tawny who lived in the desert. And he was just like, he just had to run. And that was me. (laughs) Wow. And I would would just run in circles and circles and circles and circles and be like, I'm saving other little puppies or whatever. Yeah. In reality, your parents saw you doing this and they're like, we definitely can't have another one. (laughs) Well, God, I know they're like, we couldn't handle this. Two kids out there running in circles for four and a half hours. Circles in our backyard. (laughs) I really was. I really was. Good work. I destroyed the grass. It was just a perfect outline of the yard where my little feetsies had been. Good work. That's excellent. So, talk me through what the the transition was like. You you, you mentioned that it was kind of hard between like private Christian school into public high school. I mm-hmm. like to imagine I may have had a somewhat similar experience going from homeschool to public school in ninth grade. But oh yeah, I want to hear how I want to hear what that was like for you. Well, I remember really thinking that I would never see my friends again. <laughs> I and now looking back, of course, I'm tw- I'm 25. Of course, I look back at my 14 year old self and I'm like, what? How did I think I would never see my friends again? But I did. <laughs> I was really like, we're all going to go to different high schools, which was not true. Uh, like some of us went to different high schools, 
one of my best friends out of like my three best friends, she did go to a different high school. Mm -hmm. But the other two went to high school with me. I like went to prom my junior year with my best friend, Michael, out of pity because his mom was like, I don't think any boys are going to ask Katie to prom, Michael. You better go ask her. Oh, my like, God. And then he told me he like pulled he pulled me up. Sorry, I'm not answering the question, but he pulled me aside after the prom assembly and was like, you want to go to prom as friends? My mom wanted me to ask you. And I was like, such yes, a good friend. He did, not, he did not say that, though. Oh, no, that makes sense. Oh, of all man. years, too, it's junior year. That was hands down the worst year of high school. Yeah, for everyone. Oh, yeah. You're not a senior, but you're not like a young kid anymore. It feels I like. I know. And you have to take the ACT. I know. It's such a, like, right. Weird in between your. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. We had a lot that. of fun at prom, though. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> My mom asked um, me to ask you. Oh, I know. That's Isn't good. That Such a good no, friend. We had so much fun. That's I'm glad. Good work. And I'm glad his mom said that because I probably would have gone alone. And and I'm glad I had a date. And he and I had like so much fun. So oh, I'm actually really relieved that his mom made him ask me. <laughs> Fantastic. No. Yeah. So I was really convinced I was like never going to see my friends again. I remember same same friend's mom. So it was Michael's mom. I remember sending her the longest saddest Facebook DM of my life where I was just like so emotional and so sad and just weeping. And I was like, her name's Terry. I was like, Terry, Classic I'm Terry. Like so scared. I know. I'm so scared of going to high school and like, I'm so scared. I won't like keep all my friends and blah, 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 blah. And what if like, whatever. Yeah. What I don't if, know. I what if so boys scared. try to do sex with me? Well, that felt very scary. I was definitely scared of that. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I don't know how to talk to non-Christian boys. I felt scared of non-Christian boys for mm, sure. Because of yeah. Satan. Um, right. Yeah. Because of Satan and sin. Yeah. And they're going to trick me. Yep. No, I don't know. That's it. That's exactly right. I was like, God, I'm just going to have to say no to all these guys for so many There's years. I'm just going to be like, nope, sorry. You're going to have to constantly you, turn down boys. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was really about. Oh, that's what I was crying about. Right, right. So sad that I, like, I'm going to have to say no to all these hot guys. Yeah, they're going to be like, let's do the sex stuff. And you're going to be like, no. No, no, no. I'm saving it for Jesus. Saving it for Jesus. Anyway. I, anyway, <laughs> I was very sad. I thought I wouldn't have any friends. Yeah, I, I genuinely, I mean, as dramatic as this sounds, I genuinely mourned the end of middle school mm, because yeah. I think it didn't really feel like middle school because I was with the same people kindergarten through eighth grade and we were in the same building. You know, it's like, it's not like I had the, I mean, I still had like, crappy middle school experiences that everybody else had like everybody got hormonal and moody and like bad stuff still happened but and like I still had boy drama or whatever you know but it's like or friend drama like friends being mean to me but it definitely I think wouldn't have it's not as bad I would imagine as it would have been at like a public school maybe I'm wrong but uh I definitely felt uh scared and sad mm. to move on and like it felt terrifying to make new friends how quickly did that end once you got there I, I mean, it helped that I realized pretty quickly that like, I still saw Dominique kind of a lot. And then I like had my first kiss within the first like month of school with a freaking non-Christian boy. Oh, the um, Satan got first you. first kiss ever. I know. Wow. Satan got Satan, you right he away. was, yep. He, the, the boys, they were like, <laughs> let's do the sexy time. Yeah, exactly. And you and fell like, for oh, it. No. I know. Tra <laughs> trapped me. He tricked um, me. <laughs> 
I, how did I feel? I'm trying to think how fast it really did turn around. Cause I did not end up actually dating that guy. Cause he was actually like a really horrible, horrible person. Um, so I didn't, it still took me a while to make friends, but I kind of realized pretty quickly, like, uh, we're all in the same boat, even though like I, and I had a lot of people tell me, cause they'd be like, what middle school did you go to? And I was like, Zion. And then they were like, oh, you are not weird we thought all the christian school kids would be really weird you're pretty normal they were lying so i like had people to talk to in classes mostly honestly freshman year of high school it was people who found out i went to zion which had a much had a pretty difficult curriculum and then people wanted to sit with me in classes and so that we could be group partners because of the smart off my work Yeah. yeah and i would let them because i just wanted friends and so i was like okay and then my teachers would pull me aside and be like hey we we noticed you're being really nice to those people and they're like copying off you. Do you want me to move you to a different spot? And I was like, no. Cause but I just, how do like, I make friends? To to wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I joined drama and yearbook and um, a bunch of clubs and made friends there. So oh. drama was probably what saved me. Fantastic. Drama. How big was your graduating class? Cause for a sense of scale, Dixie graduated with like 92 other people. Yeah. And I graduated okay. with like a hundred and twenty some. Okay. Pretty small. Yeah, I had over five hundred in my graduating Hot class. Hot dang. That yeah. was like the and entire ours school. Was like one of the bigger classes. Yeah. Our total school was like seventeen hundred, I think. Yeah. This I is think. this is Denver area. Good work. And we I was still considered one of the smaller towns in the Denver metro area. So I know people who had like 800 people in their graduating class because by the time we actually graduated i bet it got down to 400 something Mm -hmm. but like i know people who had like thousands (laughs) like multiple thousands in their school like two three four thousand people i know would you would you tell me about after high school and where you went to college and what you studied so i went to cu boulder and i studied speech language and hearing sciences Mm. How how does one choose a major like that? I'm so sure. curious. I uh, had a speech impediment growing up that did not get corrected until I was 16. I started going to speech therapy for the first time. Wow. And by then, you know, it's not like they can totally train your brain. So they just kind of have to teach you how to do it. Like I'm having to think about it right now. Um, and it'll, I'll probably listen back to this and be like, oh, man, I like let it slip. But basically since I was 16, they kind of talked to me through it more and they're like, yeah, like here's more of the science behind it. And then I was like, I, I could probably do that. And then freshman year, I went in undeclared, um, and just kind of took everything I was interested in, which if in my perfect world where I could get a job at anything, I took a crap ton of film classes in college just for fun. Mm -hmm. But I knew that that wasn't practical. And my mom for, her whole career was a career counselor. Mm-hmm. So she really encouraged me to do um, something that I could get a job in. And she was right. <laughs> so yes. I was Classic. like, okay, what can I do? Way to go, Jeanette. What can I do that I can get a job in? Yeah, way to go, Jeanette. Got that job. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I took some film classes. And in reality, I was like, I'd rather go to film school here but I can't get a job in that. So I'll do speech instead. And it's because I took some really cool classes and and my professors genuinely were really interesting and cool. And I 
I'm proud of my degree, which is pretty cool. I do feel proud of it. I think it's interesting and cool. Yeah, absolutely. And CU Boulder had like a full on program ready for you. Yeah. Wow. They have a whole speech language and hearing sciences school with a clinic. Mm -hmm. Do you mind my asking what your speech impediment was? Sure. So it's uh, alveopalatals, which is J, like a soft J, like J, and then ch, and sh, because those are all made in the same part of the mouth. And I couldn't say any of them. They would come out like sideways. Oh, So it would be like lots of air. So I would say like, here, let's, let me do it. Uh, cheese. That's how I would say it. Instead of cheese. Oh, which is a crazy okay. Different, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Or like she instead of she. It's not that different, but it was enough that people would be like, you talk funny. <laughs> why, why, mm. why are you doing that with your mouth? Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Where there would just be enough. And especially being in theater and like I'm up on stage and I'm performing and I'm doing monologues and I'm taking all these like theater classes. And then people would be like, huh. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, I know you're I saying like, right. it, but like, no. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes it would sound really muted in a microphone. Like, it would almost not come out on a mic. So I was like, yeah, I'll go to speech therapy. Interesting. But you, you had passed the point at which the therapist could, like, do more of the work to, like, help different uh, neural synapses work. It was more like almost just coaching. It seems like it. I definitely. I, it's definitely easier now after like years and years of trying to say it correctly, but I hear it slip all the time mm-hmm. where in my job now I'll like have kids like that. And by the end of the year, they are not having to think about it anymore. They have corrected it because it's That's just awesome. like their brains are so malleable, just like learning a new language and like learning how to pronounce things and wow. learning to roll your R's or whatever. It's like they just are like, oh, yep, suddenly I can do it. I and sometimes you barely have to do anything. It just like clicks. Right. Wow. That is That's, really neat. So I honestly didn't notice it at all. Oh, good. And like even That's after good. you said it, like it's like I'm actually listening for it now and I still like. No, I don't. Well, good. Don't well, that hopefully means I'm correcting it enough. <laughs> don't hear it at all. Good. So. I'm hoping that it's not slipping through. Well done. We're going to take a quick break and be right back to our conversation. This episode of No Normal People is brought to you by the No Normal People Coffee Blend in partnership with Revel Coffee in Billings, Montana. This bright and complex coffee will come fresh roasted to your door for you to enjoy the delicious symphony of citrus, berry, spice, and chocolate notes. Visit highline.network shop to enjoy a cup of coffee as normal as our podcast guests. No Normal People is supported by our generous patrons who joined us at patreon.com slash nopeoplepod. You too can join the Normal People community to gain access to our private Discord, merch store discounts, and monthly bonus episodes. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. If you find this podcast valuable, please tell a friend about the show in person with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. And be sure to visit our page at Highline.network, where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. 
No Normal People is a proud founding member of the Highline Media Network. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, Ravel. I feel like some Christians are guilty of doing like a demon of the gaps. Kind of like God of the gaps, if you will. I'm so you know glad what I mean? I know exactly. Like what of you course mean. Christians do that a little bit and like Yeah. That's like the best <laughs> That is the best argument against believing in God. <laughs> it's like if you only believe in God because you're doing God of the gaps. Yeah, that's right. not a great reason. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel like Christians are also guilty sometimes of doing a demon of the gaps, where you like see something that's inexplicable, and if you like already believe in demons as a part of your worldview, of course you're gonna be like, well, that's probably a demon. Let's get back to our conversation. So I, I want to talk some more specifics about your job in a second, but first. I want to hear your side of meeting Alex and the day in Paris. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, meeting Alex, uh, it was January of my freshman year of college. And I was like, I'm not making friends enough. I'm going to join a sorority. I'm going to buy my friends. (laughs) And um, (laughs) that's that's one way to say what a sorority is. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. "Mm, This. This non-paying for friends is going too slow. I think I'm going to put some money towards this. Maybe that's what I need to do. Wow. I know. I was... Okay, sorry. Quick tangent. I, last night, was talking about um, how I just met my sketch writing teacher in person for the first time. And I've, like, seen him twice since then. Right. And we, like, hugged. And it was so nice to see him. And I was like, man. I was like, Alex, I was like, I feel so comfortable with him. I can't believe how... Uh, how easy it feels to be around him. And Alex is like, yeah, that's because you paid him money. Yeah. He's like, you gave that man like so much money over the pandemic. You kept his business afloat. You took a thousand classes. Yeah. He's like, that guy better be nice to you when you gave so much that's money. That's how to I his felt business. about my therapist. I was like, wow, she's really nice to me. <laughs> yes. I thought we could be yes. friends outside of this. No, we can't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's because you're paying him money. Yeah. Alex, Alex would be the one to point that out that bluntly. I know. <laughs> Toxic. I love that. Okay. Okay, so yeah. I was like, I'm going to buy my friends. And I... <laughs> Still funny. I... It was our, it was the night of rush where we go and hang out with um, the our brother fraternity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not officially in the sorority yet. I'm just pledging. And so what that looks like is like we all met in this building on campus called the UMC. And I totally knew who Alex was because I'm weird and creepy. <laughs> and I went to high school with his friend, Kevin. Yep. And my freshman year of high school, I had a huge crush on Kevin. That makes sense. And you can like scroll back through my Facebook messages and it's like me as a 15 year old being like, hey, how was Vegas? Because he's like 18 or 19. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just so embarrassing. So embarrassing. So I had a big crush on Kevin in high school and had stalked Kevin so thoroughly in high school. Um, and obviously so many of his pictures were with the Falkenbergs yeah. and with Alex. Yeah. And so then when I was like, oh, mom, I'm like going to meet with like the fraternity guys tonight. And we Googled them because my mom's also a creepy stalker like me. <laughs> classic we, like, Jeanette. It, and she's like, oh, yeah, classic Jeanette. <laughs> she taught me everything I know about being a stalker. <laughs> um, she, she's like, oh, my God, Alex Falkenberg. That's the guy. That's Kevin's friend. And I was like, oh. 
And so then OMG. I blow it. Yeah, I blew it immediately where we're walking and I start and people are kind of asking me get to know you questions. And I'm like, well, I'm from Brighton. And right when I say Brighton, I like look at Alex and wave my hand over to him. And something like that happened a couple of times. And then he finally goes, do you know me? Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh, no. Slow motion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My life slow. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, you know, God. I'm like, how? I can't believe I did that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I went to high school with Kevin. And I very much tried to make it sound like we were more friends than we were, which obviously didn't work because they are best friends. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, I don't know you, liar. <laughs> but he did, I guess, go home and text Kevin and be like, do you know this girl? And she was like, yeah, she used to give me snacks, which, by the way, I think is not true. Not that I wouldn't have done the that, but I thing? am skeptical. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm like, I don't think I would have been in a situation where I would have had a snack and given it to him. I but, mean, to be fair, talking about how smooth you are with waving at Alex before you've actually been introduced to him, I wouldn't mm-hmm. put it past you to give Kevin snacks. No, that's true. That's wow. why I haven't denied it too strongly because I'm like, <laughs> like I probably would have. <laughs> I mean, I'm so I'm so weird. I probably would have like bought snacks and brought them to his house and been like, I brought you snacks. I'm like been there. So it's been there, girl. On, it's possible. <laughs> so that I, was our first meeting. I made this cake for you. That is that is very <laughs> solid. Cake. Very meat cute style right there. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know. And so then what happened next? We like walked. That was how we first met. And he talked to me. Um, and I was dating a guy from my youth group from high school. Of course. And then Alex was like, oh, well, she's got a girlfriend. And then we didn't talk for at least another year. I mean, we were like in the same circle at that point, but we weren't really talking. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Pismo, that California beach trip. And I was in the same car as Alex. And that's when I was like, oh, Alex might be cool and interesting. Because he was like telling these stories and asking really thoughtful questions. And then I was like, oh, he's cool. I wouldn't mind like knowing him as a human being. But it wasn't like, I don't know. I hadn't gone anywhere romantic with it. I was just like, oh, yeah, he, he seems smart and nice and thoughtful. Right. And then, God, it was still probably, I don't think that was the same year. It could have been. Eventually, he, like, asked me to my own formal. And nice. I was like, nice. yeah. Alex. <laughs> yeah, it was super smooth. And, um, the, and we went and we had a lot of fun. But that was then I was kind of dating somebody else at the time, but just barely. Like, I was freshly talking to someone else at the same time that he asked me to formal. But I said yes to formal. And we ended up staying up until four in the morning and talking all night. Right. And then I was like, man, Alex is really cool. But then, you know, I was kind of talking to somebody else. And so nothing happened for like, I dated like multiple people in between that time. Like, I guess just two. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Two people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then he was all mad about it because he was like, I kind of said, like, I'm not really interested in dating you. <laughs> and it's because I, for real, Oof. I had for real gotten my heart broken between freshman and sophomore year. So I really felt like I was recovering from that. So I had two guys that were probably more like rebound guys to prove that I could date again. Yeah. Um, right. And it was, it was very casual and they were not boyfriends. It was just like kind of guys I was hanging out with. Um, so then he, but in Alex's perspective, he's so much more 
um, serious about that stuff than me that I think he was like, but you are dating people. Like I see you, you've got boyfriends. And I'm like, no, no, this is my ride. This is my ride on Friday night. This Mm. isn't my boyfriend. Right. That's yeah, how I, was like, I, I did hang it. out with this person. Yeah. I was like, it's like I romantically sometimes chill with this person. We like are watching um, Motel Bates together, sure. but that's not a boyfriend <laughs> to me. And then my best friend, my college best friend, Carson, had a huge crush on Alex. And so then I also couldn't date him, even if I wanted to, because I was bro code. I was like, yeah, that's Carson's guy, dude. I'm her wingman. I can't date him. Uh, and then she realized he was a heretic and was like, oh, I don't want to date a heretic. And then classic. I was suddenly like, oh, well, I maybe do. now I'm interested. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, I was like, hold on. I mean, he's a heretic. Nice. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, God, it took like another year, I feel like. And then I like was doing this summer program and I felt much more open to it. Because by then Carson was dating Alex's roommate and she was like, give Alex a chance. And I was like, all right, I could. I'm like, I'm casually dating everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see you, Boulder. I can casually date this guy. We need to have and a conversation with Carson about how the heretic isn't good enough for her. But you can have him. <laughs> I know. No, it was fine. She knows I'm <laughs> whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Chill with that. I don't know. Yeah. Knows your um, type. Yeah, she knows my time. Something like that. What can I say? Right. I was because <laughs> the guy before the guy before the guy before Alex, so not the guy right before, but the guy before that was like an atheist. So she was like, "Oh, Katie has no standards. Um, <laughs> she can totally. She's much better off with at least a heretic." That's fair. It's one way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. go with at that. At least, like, maybe should they'll be okay. But yeah, so then I was like, "All right, I'm open. I'm like, if I'm casually dating." Everyone at CU, I might as well add another to the list. And then I, and then he like came and hung out with me. We talked till four in the morning and we kind of laid it all out where we were like, here's all my flaws. I'm just going to like dump all my baggage on you right here, right now. You still want to chill with me? And then it was like, yeah. And then he like asked me to be his girlfriend for like every time we hung out after that. And I kept saying no for a long time. And then finally I was like, all right. Persistent. Seven months later, we were engaged. So. Nice. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So when you were in Paris, did you have yes. any idea that was coming? Absolutely. I picked out my ring. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but I will say, I didn't know what day of the trip it was going to be. So I, I was very prepared for it to be like, oh, it could be any time. So I didn't know it would be in Paris. Although he did give it away the morning of because we were like about oh. to leave. And I was just kind of stressed out. And I chose to not do my, I did my hair, but I didn't like shower and have like long cascading hair like I did all the other days of the trip. Because at that point I was sick of waiting. I was like, I waited every day thinking he was going to propose. So I like did my hair and makeup every single day being so ready. And by this day I was done. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I don't want to. And then he's like, are you sure you don't want to do your hair? And he never talks to me at all. Like, you know, he would never. That was the first time he ever asked that question. Exactly. And then I was like, and then I knew, and then I just looked at him and I was like, no, this just has to be fine. I was like, we just, if you want to get out and do, I I think I asked him, I was like, do you want to go out and sightsee or do you want to wait two hours while I do my hair and makeup? Like, what do you actually want? And he was like, no, I'd rather like get going. And I was like, all right. So then we got out. Wow. And I looked fine. (laughs) Those pictures turned out great. So I had an inkling that day, uh, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And then 
Did you have any we, idea people were tailing you for photos and all that? Like, no. This that big elaborate by. thing. I could not believe that that was going on. I had no <laughs> clue. And then when he told me that he saw Kevin, I was like, you did? And that they like had a moment. I was shocked. And I will say, I started to think it was going to be that day until our dinner went so poorly. And like, yep. he was so weird and nervous and he's spilling stuff all over the place. And he's like, and I'm starting to get embarrassed because I'm like, everyone in here is French. It'd be one thing if we were like in a touristy <laughs> place, but as soon as everyone was an adult, like mid middle-aged French person, I was like, oh no, oh no. I'm very embarrassed to be spilling and, um, and bumping people's tables. It was embarrassing. Oh, and then wow. our mood shifted, like his mood really shifted and he like excused himself <laughs> to go to the bathroom. And in reality, he was brushing his teeth so that we could kiss. But I didn't know that. I was thinking like, oh, I blew it. Like I ruined the mood or we did. <laughs> He's <together>. done. Right. Because <laughs> then I got kind of weird. Like I stopped being myself at dinner and I started. I don't know. I just was like, you know, I don't know. I wasn't. I was being very cold. I don't know. My whole mood just shifted and got weird. And so then I felt embarrassed when he went to the bathroom because I was like, I blew it. And I texted Either my mom or like my best friend group chat. I don't remember who I texted, but I texted someone and was like, I thought he was going to propose today, but there's no way it's not going to happen. So I, by the end of the night was like, nope, it's not happening. Oh my gosh. And then we like walk over to the park and it's stressful because like there's all these people like trying to sell us stuff, which we both hate. And we're both, we're just like, no, no, no. And so it's like, it's stressful. And then I don't know. And then he proposed but then it was like very clear it was gonna happen by the time we like were oh let's stand right here then it was kind of like oh, okay it's happening <laughs> and then it's happening and i didn't cry or anything this so. is not a drill like, right yeah i was like okay <laughs> go ahead i'm listening oh about damn time <laughs> alex let's go oh <laughs> yeah, my exactly. and there's like meanwhile there's like friends hiding in bushes and stuff with cameras and and then when Kevin popped out, like I heard him yell and go, "Woo!" I didn't know it was Kevin. I just thought it was someone random watching. So French like, people, uh-huh. like these uh, French people. Uh, and then City of Love, then right? Kevin. Or something. I don't yes, know. City of Love. <laughs> Classic France. But then everyone came out and then I was really shocked. I was like, hold on. Everybody's here. That was pretty cool. Everybody knew. Nice. Everybody knew all day. And then watching the videos back. And seeing stuff where he like showed the ring box to the camera when we were like going down into the subway. Whoa. You know, so there's so many little things like that where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that there are all these videos that I'm in that I didn't know. You had going no on. So idea. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. neat. It's like you were in the, your own episode of like a mockumentary show. That's adorable. Yes. Honestly. That's pretty so that neat. That's pretty cool. I'm into it. I like yeah. that a lot. And it felt like it was really special for Alex's mom. Which was cool for me. Like, she felt really moved and she was, like, really proud of him. And I, like, I mean, we'd only been dating for seven months. I I didn't really know his family that well. That was, like, a pretty crazy thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> yeah, go to Europe with his whole family. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, crazy. <laughs> so looking back on it, I, like, watched those videos back. and I'm like, oh, I'm not being myself. So th- I have, like, some feelings about it that feel hard where I'm like, Oh, I'm sad that I wasn't fully me, but also I was 21 and I had just started dating him. Like, of course, of course I was different then than I am now. And I've changed a lot just as you do, you know, like I'm in a different place spiritually. I'm, I'm just a different person. And so it's crazy to look back at that and be like, 
oh, I can tell that I'm not me. Totally. Totally. But mm. but I do feel really good about being like, no, his mom and dad were so proud of him and they were so loving to me and are. And that part of it is like sacred where it's like, no, that's the really sweet spot is like that was like a bonding thing with my in-laws. Right. And yeah, because cool, I got feel to be a part incredibly of incredibly close to them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow us Hennings and Falcon Groves end up having the same day for our anniversary. I know. That is so crazy. Literally blew my mind. Interviewing Alex and he was like, yeah, my anniversary is July 14th. Nice try, Dixie. And I was like, what? You said That is so crazy. (laughs) It's a good day. uh, Yeah, it is. It's a good day to get married. It's an excellent day. It was a Tuesday for us, so. (laughs) Oh, God. Did you get a screaming deal on your venue? Uh, It was the backyard of a church family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, then you definitely did. So technically, yeah, have to be a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty solid. It was more for the day. Like, Dixie wanted the number of July 14th. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it ended up being a Tuesday. Yep. Nice. Because I do what I want. Very weird. It was also outdoors and like 107 degrees outside. Yeah, God, it was hot at ours as well. <laughs> Freaking sauna. Good work. It was very I was hot. wearing a yeah. tent, Stephen. We do that well. We plan that well. Okay. Well, I'm okay. At this point, you are graduated from college. You're, you're 21. Married to Alex. Oh, um, well, now, yeah. now you're. Now you are. Right. Let's. Yeah, I finished school uh, like a month before I got married. I Maybe even the month off. I think July 6th, wow. I finished my last class. That is nice. a roller coaster. And then I got married July 14th. Yeah. Nailed it. Big year. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Steven and I just dropped out. We're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Very expensive college experiment we had. But, yes. You know, yes. you get it. Um, okay. So now I want to talk about what you do for work and what, like, yes. what's the process like? Almost like, what is a typical day like for you? Sure. Um, well, God, last year, it was a very bizarre year because I taught fully online the whole entire year. Very fair. Which, did you ever do, like, online or remote instruction? No. No. Never. Okay. Yeah. So, it. I mean, I did at the start of the pandemic, you know, so March 13th was, like, I started doing online. So, technically, totally. I had, like, maybe a year and some odd months, like, a year and a half of doing online, but my first... A uh, couple years at DPS, I never did anything remote. Wow. Everything was in person. Nice. Yeah. So a typical like week, I'm often at a different school almost every day of the week. Sometimes I might have a school that I'm at two or three times a week. And I ha- see students basically every single half hour the whole day and sometimes I like go into their classroom and like you support them while they're learning which a lot of SLPs uh speech therapists really like I don't like that right um, because I feel like that's more embarrassing for the kid and I feel so worried about that so I definitely prefer to like pull them out so even times that it was kind of like yeah like just go down there and like pop into their classroom I would sometimes ask her teacher like are you okay if I pull them into the hallway or like go into like the back of the room like something that just feels a little more private unless like they're reading a story or something because then that feels like oh yeah I can sit here 
while you read, or if it's preschool. Preschool going into the classroom is a piece of cake. You just go in there and play and you help and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Nice, but like nice. older kids, like especially fifth grade or middle school, I'm like, please don't make me sit next to them like that. That's going to be it, awful for them. That's going to be awful for them. Yeah. Right. And most of the time I don't have to. So that's good. But um, sometimes I also have like um, moderate and intensive classroom. So like kind of an autism classroom. And then everyone in that classroom has like a higher needs disability. Mm, yeah. But it's okay. It feels easy to go to those classrooms too. Because then you're like, oh yeah, we all know the drill in here. Sure. And they aren't really going to be embarrassed about that because I, typically every single kid in that classroom is going to be on my caseload. So I'm like, yeah, I'm working with everybody in here. So then that's nice. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so cool. I just, I, I love the way that yourself having an experience of a speech impediment early in your mm-hmm. life, like I love how that turns into what you get to do every day and help others go through that same process. Yeah. It's especially fun when it's a kid with my same sound where I'm like, this is what I went to speech therapy for. Whoa. I was like, yeah. I used to have trouble with my SH or whatever. And right. Like you did. So that's kind of nice. Totally. Cause it's all, it's just all about finding common ground and like creating a safe space. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine, you know, cause speech impediments, unfortunately get made fun of, especially around totally. the middle school age. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. just, yes. Anyone who is remotely, out of like quote unquote normal, um, you know, becomes the butt of jokes for kids who don't quite understand the impact of those jokes. Yes. Wow. Wow. And I would say 90% of my caseload is English as a second language. So everyone speaks either Spanish or Arabic. Oh my gosh. What? And I, um, I do not speak either of those. (laughs) So that's hard. Whoa. Yeah, that is okay. Arabic was not the language I thought you were going to say after Spanish. Yeah. And that blew my mind. Other like some East African languages and stuff, too. Right. Well, and that and that's just part of like the schools that you're being. Are you contracted into schools? Right. I work for DPS and then they just kind of toss me wherever they need me. Oh, I see. Okay. Where it's like, oh, this this SLP has a huge caseload this year. You better go there. And I'm like, okay. And sometimes they change my stuff in the middle of the year, like where I'll go to a school for a few months and then they'll kind of be like, all right, I think I'm on top of it now. Or like some kids graduate from speech and then I'll be like, okay. And then they'll like transfer me to another school. Do you do any work over the summer or are you kind of on a teacher's schedule yourself? I'm on a teacher's schedule. So I'm no chilling. That's right now. so sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. Welcome to summer, my friend. You're Thank doing you. it. Thank you. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> is there, are there glimmers of hope that you'll be in the classroom or in person in the fall? I actually love remote teaching and I advocated for myself to get it again. And so yes. I'll be at the online school three days a week next year. And then I'm not sure where I'll be the other two days. And they still might make me go into some type of like, co-working space or office space Mm -hmm. um but i have a relatively weak immune system and working at five schools and having sometimes over 100 students i would get oh my gosh once a week i would imagine so with covid i'm sick thinking about that yeah 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 and so i was sick all the time and then i think my boss started to be like she's faking and then when i did not miss a single day of remote teaching 
they were like, oh, you meant it. You really were no, sick. Oh, you're like, dying. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, of course I'm, I'm not getting sick this year. I'm only with myself. Oh. So I was like, I love online teaching. So they were like, okay, well, let's give it to you three days a week next year. So I'm stoked. That's, That's awesome. That is awesome that you're like majority hybrid model now instead of, yeah. you know, like, let's just go back to the way things were. And get Katie sick a bunch now. And a lot of my kids thrive online. Not all of them. Some of them suffer and need to be back in person. Right. But a lot of the students that I would see are so much happier at home. Like I had students that in person were mm. really, really shy and reserved. And then when I started seeing them online and they were in their own safe space, they came out of their shells so much and were so much more animated and fun and playful. And I'm like, you are a different kid than you were in person. In person, you were like, it was pulling teeth to get you to talk oh, right wow. now you feel safer and you're way more talkative. And so that's pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. That's so cool. So this summer mm-hmm. I am trying to think of a really smooth way to get us talking about second city and okay. stuff. <laughs> uh, I could easily transition that. And Let's, do be- <laughs> Let's do okay. it. Let's do it. Cause it's like, well, man, you know, now since I have the summers off, right? <laughs> I've been writing a lot. Yeah. And um, so I'm currently writing my third television pilot with my writing partner, Joey. Um, and we are actively working on our third one. I was doing that right before this up until The Wire. So I've been sitting at my computer for so long, but nice. I'm writing this summer like it's my job. And I have um, an audition for a local sketch comedy team at the end of the month on June 30th. I'm auditioning. I already sent in my written pieces. That's my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Happy birthday to me. I hope you get it. For Katie's audition. I hope you get it. Your gift to me (laughs) (laughs) will be landing, getting on my sketch team. I'll I'll write an email. Be like, it's my birthday. You have to give it to him. (laughs) Okay, so a lo- yes. local sketch team you are auditioning for. Yes. And you're writing your third sketch. Let's talk about how you got started. You started taking okay. online courses and coaching through Second City online during the pandemic. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, both the local company that I do stuff for, Rise Comedy, if anyone's ever in Denver, go check out Rise. They do lots of fun shows. <laughs> but Rise Comedy is what I first started doing because I was like really panicking at the start of the pandemic. And I was like, I just need anything. I just need anything right. to <laughs> ground me. Um, Look, hey, and so, I mean, that's how no normal people really took off. <laughs> yes. For real. Well, exactly. That's exactly it was our how thing. I felt. Where it's yep. like, I just need a thing to like latch on to. Uh, and fulfill me creatively and bring me some type of joy. Right. And I have always, you know, and part of it was me even in like my fantasy brain being like, who knows, maybe it could be make a career out of these things someday. Mm-hmm. So I should start like at least putting in the work, you know, because who cares if I talk about wanting to work in comedy and film if I'm not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, perfect. I'll take some online classes because I think I was a little bit scared to go in person at that I mean, not just because of the pandemic, but before that, I think it felt very scary. But I started thinking about it before the pandemic where I was like, well, maybe if I took a class with a friend, but I don't really have friends that are would necessarily want to do that stuff. Mm. So I was like, I mean, I could drag a friend that doesn't really want to go and pay money to go take a class 
or I'll go online and at least I'm in my own house. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking sketch last spring, like last March or April, maybe. And I have taken every single sketch class that Rise Comedy offers. And then that's when they emailed me and they're like, you should audition for the sketch team because you've taken all the classes you have like maxed out. Wow. Um, Wow. And then I was like, God, I'm loving this because some of it, a lot of it was sketch, but I also took some storytelling, stand up comedy and um, more like a serious like film writing class where it was like I wrote a short film that was uh, somewhat a horror film about anxiety. And because I was the most anxious I've ever been in my life over the pandemic. And so I was like, I need to like turn this into something. So I wrote kind of a horror film about (laughs) anxiety. And then I was like, I want to keep doing this. What else can I do? And then my friend Joey moved to L.A. to pursue the creative industry. And he's working for DreamWorks right now, which is nice. But he was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, I'll take an online class with you. And so then about a a year ago. So in last summer, we started taking Second City's pilot writing program where they kind of teach you how to pitch. And you go through like we took four levels of a class all the way from like conceptualizing an idea to at the very end presenting a pilot and having like a pretty professional, you know, reading. And then they like teach you how to pitch it and sell it and stuff like that. So, oh my gosh, what kind of things are going into prepping your audition? I'm curious. Oh, well, so I just had to fill out like a a written version where I kind of said, you know, why do I want to be in the sketch team? And why, you know, why do I like rise comedy? And uh, do I want to be just a writer or would I like to be a writer and an actor? Mm-hmm. And all my, I now have friends in at rise that I took online classes with and they're, I know they're all going to be actors. Cause part of me just like gets scared and I'm like, I'll just be a writer. But in reality, I know I want to perform too. And so I submitted a sketch a written one, like a script that I thought most exemplified what my sketch style is, which is very bizarre and weird. It's about, I'll tell you my little pitch of it. It's about a man who is a dentist who decides to make bootleg toothpaste (laughs) that turns you into a gum monster. And he's like the Michelin man, but made of (laughs) gums. So... (laughs) Gums, not like gum. Right. Oh yeah, like human gum. gums, like okay. pink. Okay, I was like, I don't. Yeah, not. Like I don't get gum. the transition from toothpaste to gum, but hey, it's weird yeah, that we call that gum detox. Yeah, it's weird that we we call that human skin gums, right? And we chew gum. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, what the that heck? feels gum. that feels like an oversight, doesn't it? <laughs> I agree. You should call that something else. We need to have a meeting. <laughs> Who can we talk to about this? This is weird. Yeah. I need to talk to the big gum people. Right. Oh, man. Big gum. Oh, I lo- even big that. Gum. That's very funny. The gum man. That's very funny. Oh, God. So that's the one that I submitted. And I had written that one over the pandemic in a class. And then we did an online showcase on Twitch. And that one is one of the ones that made it into the showcase. And so I was like, I think this is the one. And I, it was like my favorite and all my friends' favorite of the ones that I have written. Because all my other ones when I first started writing sketch were very like normal because I was trying to fit in or something. And then this one was like, I don't care about fitting in anymore. I want to write about this horrifying gum monster making bootleg <laughs> scary <laughs> toothpaste. 
So that's what I submitted. I hope they like it. I, I can't tell you why, but that very much fits in with your vibe on Twitter as well. That just feels like oh, something that you would come up with. I'm glad. I like that a lot. Um, w- it also has a very catchy jingle. Oh, yes. And my friend and Alex's friend, Chris Schlender, helped me write it and he sang it for me. Of course. And it is so cute. That's so good. <laughs> Will you will you tell me about the the first two sketches you did like table reads for and yes. like that whole process? So those are my full pilot scripts. Right. Oh, not even sketches. Um, See, this is where I need yeah. the language precision. Yes. Cause my sketches are never longer than four minutes. Okay. So like my gum, my Howard's gum paste, it's called that I just submitted, that is probably <laughs> under three minutes. It's like pretty short. Nice. Okay. Um and then my my scripts, on the other hand, my pilots are very long. So one of them is a 50 page script and the other one is 30. Um, wow. OK, and now yeah. uh, correct me if I've heard wrong, but basically okay. it's like a page a minute when you're talking scripts roughly. Is that true? Yeah, I think that that's roughly true. OK. Very nice. Yeah, so like a, an hour long show, pretty much. Yeah. If you have commercials and a 30 minute show with commercials, actually probably be longer than 30 minutes with commercials. That other one. Yeah. So I wrote those with Joey, my writing partner, where mm-hmm. my sketches I do by myself. Or I mean, I've co-written sketches, too. But typically that's like something that I do on my own, where all of my TV shows have been with Joey. Um, Excellent. And so, yeah, those were through Second City. And we did, we had like built up, we were writing these for close to a year, actually probably a full year. We started wow. conceptualizing the idea, Wow! then got to present it and have like a fancy schmancy show with like a table read. It was pretty cool. And um, one of them is lo- loosely based on Joey and I in high school. We were editors in chief of our yearbook and it was in real life internationally award-winning <laughs> and so we were like Whoa. man your book is like so much crazier than people realize like we had an international audience looking at our high school yearbook Whoa. and we like won awards for it and we would travel all over the country presenting it um like we went to columbia university and were presented with an award for our yearbook and we went to san diego and present and like we're given awards and stuff so we were like That's there's a so whole cool. world of yearbook that people don't understand because people just think it's a yearbook, but I'm like, no, no, I didn't, as editor in chief, I did not make that yearbook from the students. I made it for the judges, the adult j- men judges that I knew would be looking at my, oh my. book. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we were like, we should write a crazy whodunit, kind of like murder mystery about yearbook. Um, so that's my pitch for one of our shows. That's so good. <laughs> that's my 50 minute one. Yeah. Yes. And we, in August, are going to rewrite it a little bit more because I was having some more people read it and we did submit it into a contest. So we'll see if we make it, we'll find out in a month if we made it to the next round of the contest. But if not, well, either way, we'll probably rewrite it because we're kind of like falling into some tropes with it. Sure. And sometimes that's okay, but we're like, we want to try to do something as unique as possible. Right. And then our other show is called Mission Trip, and it's about no. a. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and our first show was called Yards, which means yearbook nerds. Yeah, Yards. Um, yes, yeah. this is solid. That's good work. <laughs> 
so that was yours. And then mission trip is about this guy who was on a mission trip and he gets home and he's been gone. And basically his whole world has been turned upside down. Like his parents got divorced. His mom's a lesbian and his sister is pregnant. And he's just like, oh my God, everyone's moving on without me. And also he realizes that he's not a Christian anymore. And he is like really trying to reckon with that and ends up finding the magic of the magic mushroom and finding kind of God (laughs) in that and coaching people in like a therapy setting through their trips. Oh my. Kind of having, helping people have a spiritual awakening, I guess, outside of God. Right. Yeah. And that show doesn't sound funny, but it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's always one of, my favorite things to watch for in comedy is when like a very real story, like that story ostensibly could happen to anyone coming home from a Mm -hmm. mission trip, you know, totally like real life people come home from mission trips and they, you know, they land to like a cancer diagnosis or something like that. Like there, that, that could actually happen in real life. And I love what good comedy does is it's able to blend and like tell a story like that. That's very real yeah. and like yeah. very traumatizing to someone experiencing that. Like so many things are crumbling and yet be funny. Yes. Like that's the mark of good comedy that it's not just like, it's not throwing someone under the bus and just, it's not like suffering exactly. porn, you know, exactly. There's something exactly. real happening while the yes. writers are being absolutely brilliant with their jokes, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's the goal. Oh, oh, so good. So, Stephen, sometime you'll have to watch them. I have them recorded. <laughs> yes, yes. We have been talking about this on Voxer. We definitely need to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm curious. Are there any other things in your life? I feel like comedy and like sketch and script writing and all that kind of stuff. Like we could definitely get into the weeds on some very specific things about that art form is there anything else you would talk about like as a passion of yours or something you think and talk about all the time no i feel like creativity like creating stuff especially comedy is definitely my hobby passion Mm. because i I like fiddle you know i play the guitar but like i wouldn't say it's like a passion i don't put a lot of time into it sure it honestly sounds that's probably my one thing what that's that's the one thing. Even the work you do, though, it sounds like you you have a connection to the work you have with the kids during the school year. That that is even like it's so part of you and even part of the way you yeah. grew up. That like you're just doing you're doing the thing. And yeah, I admire that a lot. I like that a lot about you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Would you tell me about your experience on the Into podcast? Sure. When when the podcast started, how did you feel about it? Like, were you equally excited as Alex about, like, doing a project like this? Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, this totally feels on par with all the other creative stuff I'm doing. Sure. Where I'm like, I just want to be, like, pumping stuff out and putting stuff on the internet. Like, 
you know, I'll, cause I'll do YouTube videos. I'll, I tweet, I, whatever, you know what I mean? I like, right. I am just like, no, you got to put stuff out there. I, and I'm so not a perfectionist. I'm really just like, no, I just want to like record something and put it out and put it up and share it with people and connect with people. And also, you know, it's the narcissist in me that's like, yeah, well, I'd, I'll go and listen to an hour of myself talking. <laughs> yes. I'll edit videos what? of myself for a few hours. I have like, no absolutely. idea what <laughs> I have. I, I can't imagine connecting to that sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? What? Me? 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 Little me with three podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. What a dweeb. I can't imagine. Oh, I. But at least we all get it, you know? Yep. You, I've been told that you are the genius behind the into social media. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh my I don't gosh. know if I call it genius. But. Whatever. The <laughs> polls you just had for the last episode even. Oh, I know. I'm not even done. I got to put up round three. I know you do. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> I know. Goodness. I'm trying to give people a chance to listen. I love the the wide spectrum of what the into podcast talks about. I do too. Even the three episodes out on season two at the moment. I yeah. I mean, like we start with a more than two hour conversation about the nature of consent. Yes. And then we talk and then Alex sadistically makes you guys play the God committee game. Evil. And then <laughs> and then two weeks later, you come out with poop, poop stories. We needed it. <laughs> I told Alex, I was like. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be on a podcast, it's got to have it all. We got to like, chill. It's got to have poop. It's got to have death. Right. What I love. I like, That's why we do no normal people. Same yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Wow. I just, <laughs> I just loved listening to that episode and being like, <sighs> Into is the only show on Highline right now that could possibly do this. Wow. And I was so happy with the result. Um, I get name dropped in there at one point. I had no idea my parents' car was going to be involved. I know. I didn't know that until they were telling the story. And I was like, what? That was, that was pretty wild, too. Anyway, I just love the vibe you guys have at the table among the five of you. Um, yeah, I want to quit no normal people and be on into. <laughs> like, that sounds like way more fun. No, I do, too. It's a good vibe. And... It's cool. I mean, we were having those conversations anyway. It's nice to just, I don't know. And especially Marv is so, he and I are similar about being like, Marv and I both want to film everything and post everything. Like Marv and I are the two on vacation. Now that we have taken a few vacations together, where it's like, if you look around, we've like laughed before where we've both been like, panning and filming something and oh then we turn far enough to film each other. And we go, I didn't know you were filming this. So we're both the people who are like, the world's got to hear about this. Like, we got to put this out there. So it's like we're having those conversations anyway. And Marv and I are both like, we got to put this out there. And then thank God, Kevin and Alex actually have the structure and talent to put it all together. Yeah. Steve. Okay. Steven and I literally will forget to take pictures of important events. Oh, yeah. Like, we, hire me. I'll come. I'll take like, pictures. No of joke. We went to Disneyland. Be our publicist. With his family. Yeah. And I think we took like one picture. <laughs> we no. were there for four days. <laughs> no. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. My best friends and I took a Disneyland trip. Uh, we only were there for one day. I have 
an offensive amount of pictures of us <laughs> on the trip. It's like, all right, every lo- every single ride, I'm like, all right, guys, gather around for a picture. That's, that's yeah, so good. No, we're definitely more the like, who needs pictures? We're just going to get on it and then we'll keep it in our memory until we have dementia. And then we'll forget. There's something and be to, about being in the moment there, though. You That's know, fair. where it's like if you're taking pictures on some level, you're not in the moment. You know, where you're like thinking about looking at it later. Right. You know, we also so, run into the issue. We run into the issue where none of our friends have pictures with us because oh. nobody ever thinks to like take pictures with us. How do they post a picture on your birthday Exce- on Instagram? They don't. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they don't. Well, then how I do no anyone pictures. know that you're their friend? They're, they don't. I'm not a friend of anybody. If the internet doesn't know about it, no one <laughs> does. No it doesn't exist. Friends. <laughs> pics or it didn't happen. Pics, it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, pics or it didn't happen. That's why I don't take pics. We're Precisely. Not <laughs> do not perceive me. <laughs> you don't own me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man. Katie, do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines? Um, I, before I got married, well, before I moved in with Alex, I had the most structured routine ever. And then this, it's like the second we moved in together, all routine went out the window. (laughs) But I definitely am like, I guess, habitual. So I definitely like to take a lot of baths, not anymore because I don't have air conditioning and it's very hot in my house. But when it's like a normal temperature in the house, I love taking baths at night mm-hmm. and like either reading or like watching stuff. And then I'm pretty good about washing my face most of the time. And that's part of like morning and evening routine. I've got a whole, you know, I'm putting oils and serums and trying to reverse aging, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm also a big evening tea drinker. Oh. So it's like tea. And like a YouTuber and a bath and maybe a book. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Self-care. <laughs> I Absolutely. I have to imagine that the dogs factor a little bit into any routine you have. So will you tell me about your pets? Yes. I have two dogs. Their names are Honey and Spunky. Spunky is a little three-legged sea captain of a lass. <laughs> and um, she's so... She's so spunky, so her name suits her. She's, Classic. We were going to change her name, and we we couldn't do it because she fits it too well. She's a scrappy little lady. Right. She's tough as nails and a linebacker, even though she's like 25 pounds and only has three legs and has a crooked spine. Um, Whoa. Okay. Classic. Yeah. Classic tripod dog. Classic tripod dog. And then Honey is a big, beautiful, majestic, purebred German Shepherd. So yeah, they are exact is. opposites. When we go to the <laughs> when we go to the dog park, people are like, oh, like they can't believe that we own both dogs because <laughs> to own like a purebred German Shepherd and then to have whatever the heck Spunky is. Right. People are like, wait, <laughs> what? Because most people at the dog park, if they they'll only have one dog or they'll have two very similar dogs. So the fact that they're so different and people are like, whoa, right. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They either assume like you have the the papered purebred that you're gonna very strategically breed and make a ton of money. Exactly. And then they're spunky. Um, exactly. And we're like, nope. <laughs> we just love them. Oh, that's yeah, very pick good. A lane. I have to imagine <laughs> that that informs your answer in the rapid fire when we said hardwood or carpet. I imagine that the shepherd makes a lot of fur all over the place. 
Actually, Spunky is our big shedder. Really? Her hair is all over the place. Really? Way worse than Honey. Classic Honey's like Spunky. a two-time-a-year shedder where it's like she'll have her like winter shed and her summer shed. Right. Where Spunky, you're, you can just pull clumps of hair off every day. <laughs> no. Life. See, you should, you should get a cat. Yeah. And then you'll find hair. I'm allergic to cats. Well, you didn't list that in your list of allergies. <laughs> we were talking <gasps> well, about food allergies, you <laughs> psychopath. I wonder if I'd be allergic <laughs> if I ate it. <laughs> Probably not good. I would imagine not good. <laughs> Wait, you don't list cats in your food allergies? On, on your menus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is there cat in this? We're like, what? <laughs> yeah. be, no, re- be real with me. Not. How much cat meat is in this? Come on, Taco Bell. How much cat meat? Yeah. I'm like, be honest. I could 2, die. 3%. I could die. Katie, I feel like for the rest of our relationship together, I am going to constantly struggle with like holding back the urge of being like, this is really funny. Cat on the menu could totally be a sketch for you. Like, I. <laughs> Tell me those things always. I'm gonna okay. What I'm gonna start doing then is I'm just gonna tweet them at you. Oh, oh, oh please do, please do. I need it because I've got a list in my phone. Which, by the way, that's funny to just sit and have me read my list of stuff and be like, what, what, did what this was even I mean? thinking? Oh, yeah, yeah right. But I have just an ongoing list in my phone and. I, but then I'll like sit down to write one and it just doesn't quite have the bones. I've so written an I entire sketch for you about cat meat menu. So I'll yeah. send that to you oh, shortly. Thank you. Send it to me. I'll write it. Cat meat. I'm, That's honestly pretty good. I'm picturing a food truck. It's like a boutique food truck. Yeah. yeah like a gluten-free person going up to a food truck and being like, do you, <laughs> do you have cat meat? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I am supposed to prepare a monologue for my audition on the 30th, and I had one that I thought I was going to do, and now I'm like, oh, I could cat easily meat. do a monologue about cat meat. <laughs> no way. Where it's like just me ordering. Like, that's... Oh my god, being please. Like, um, excuse me. I'm just in the mood for a late little summer snack. Oh just, my god. Do you, <laughs> light little summer cat snack. Do you, do you have, like, do you have a tabby or, like, a Maine Coon on the menu? <laughs> yeah. Light, light mean coon, medium rare. I want want the dark meat from (laughs) it. Do you have a thigh? Do you have a thigh? Cat kebab. Do you have? Do you have the breast meat of a cat? This is really dark and really funny. I I love it. This is much better than the monologue that I have right now. I am genuinely considering you. If you write this, I require. A, a recording yeah, of this monologue. Absolutely. Oh, we need that. You got it. Yes, please. You got it. it is required. <laughs> so good. I gotta write it down right now or or else. All right. Well, oh, in the, yeah. I just just plan on me tweeting random ideas at you from now on. Just please it'll do. just be like sketch and idea, no, colon, and no, then I'll tell no you. No context, just cat meat oh, menu. That would be good. Someone did that to me on Voxer the other day. My friend Dominique, she boxed me with no context and was like a shark spiraling through the sky. There's a man on his back. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> what and it turns out it was actually a movie that does exist. But I was Whoa. really hoping. Sharknado? I was, like, I was like, are you wanting me to write this? It was not Sharknado. Oh. I've seen them all. I would know. Of course you have. <laughs> oh, my word. Katie, thank you for being on our podcast. It's about time. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to have been here. To to close us out, we have a few closing questions. First of all, what are you currently watching? Any shows you're in the middle of streaming? I just finished watching on Hulu, Just Shoot Me, which is like a 90s sitcom. And I actually really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, so I just finished that. But other than that, I tend to watch YouTubers more and I don't watch a ton of TV. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll tell you my top YouTubers. I yes, never please. miss Good Mythical Morning. Yep. I'm religious about it. Classic. So I never miss Good Mythical Morning. Yep. I love, I'm really on a commentary YouTuber kick. So my favorite, my number one favorite is Drew Gooden. Um, he just did a very thoughtful video essay on Saturday Night Live that I posted on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so Drew Gooden's my favorite. I like Danny Gonzalez. I like Curtis Connor. I like Cody Ko. And back in the day when Jenna Marbles used to post, yeah. I never missed a Jenna Marbles. She follows me on Twitter. We're like, what? Buds. I'm sad. And her boyfriend does too. He's one of the celebrities that I met and I said something embarrassing and, and I am so embarrassed about it forever. <laughs> Did you um, ever watch Jake and Amir? <gasps> yes. I freaking love Jake and Amir. It's fine. I, a couple months ago, was on such an intense Jake and Amir kick that it was all I was watching. Uh, Katie, I like that people like you exist that are very much into YouTube, very polar opposite from me. Like I am all over pretty much like anything audio only. I'm podcasts all the way. Like, yeah, I I never went down the YouTube rabbit hole, but I like that you exist, you know? Well, good. I want... it's fun. I won't hold it against you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Speaking of podcasts, are you, what's your, yes. what, what are your favorite podcasts? Yeah. My top ones that I never miss, because of course I'm subscribed to easily a hundred podcasts and I of course don't listen to them all, mm-hmm. but the ones that I really never miss, I never miss Ear Biscuits, um, which is Rhett and Link's podcast. Right. I never miss the Tiny Meat Gang podcast. Okay. <laughs> I never miss. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I never miss, um, this might get weird. I love that yeah. one. And I love, um, very, really good. I like listen to all of those pretty religiously. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. What about music? What comes up when you open something like Spotify or Apple music? I have been on a real kick lately. I've been on a Wolfpack kick <laughs> and I've been on a Pine Grove kick those are two that i'm listening to like artists that i'm listening to a lot all right what are you currently reading for fun well everything i'm reading is for fun but currently like i'm reading some practical books like i read some comedy books like i'm reading the comic toolbox and i'm reading poking a dead frog and i'm reading the comedy bible Mm, so i'm reading some like comedy practical things that are more like workbooks right but then for fun i've been reading the maze runner series because i never read that and we just binged all the movies and Alex hated them. Yeah. And I love Dylan O'Brien. He's my everything. Yeah. I'm in love with that him. That makes a lot of sense. So I mostly was there for Dylan. Who wasn't? <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> but um, I then was like, I got to read these books because the movies don't make a ton of sense. Other than the first one. The first one's great. Right. Um, but the next two, it's like, um, I don't understand this logic as much. And the books are so different. And I know people say that about all book to movie adaptations, but this one specifically, I am like, no, these are not the same story. (laughs) They have the same name. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, and the main character's name is Thomas and that's it. Katie, are there any (laughs) questions that you wish 
we had asked that you still want to answer? Oh, what a lovely question. I don't think so, though. (laughs) But I sure like that question. Great. Kevin Gallagher always asks, like, we'll be spending time together and it'll be like time for intentional time. And he'll be like, what do you what are you needing someone to ask you? Or like, what do you wish someone would ask you lately? And he's been doing that for as long as I've known him. And I ended up writing that into my mission trip script. Oh, my uh, gosh. When he's like coaching someone through like a hard thing, because I'm like, that is so beautiful. And sometimes you have stuff you need to talk about and you're like wishing someone would bring it up. And and so to have someone give you the space is so lovely. Mm. Um, and that's how that question also feels. But oh, thank you. That means a I lot. <laughs> I like that. Nope. You feel good. good about what we covered. I feel good. <laughs> I love it. Thanks again for being on the podcast. We absolutely loved this. Me too. Would, I've been really looking forward to this. Would you close us out by reading our favorite quote? I would love to. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. Welcome in, friends. This is Ravel. To Ravel is the same as to unravel, but we don't feel like we're falling apart. Every Wednesday, we pull on one thread at a time as we discuss our own questions about American Christianity. Sometimes we wonder if your dentist might be a cult leader and whether or not I can be a pastor. We tell stories about a pastor sawing a mannequin into pieces. Or sometimes we're just arguing about whether or not the Bible is satire. So follow Ravel if you're interested in questions like this too. Highline Media Network, normal people in normal places.